Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc slash soap. All right, good morning, everyone. How are you all doing today? Uh, man, what a good Thursday. We're heading into Memorial Day weekend. I hope you all have some good plans for this weekend coming up. It's going to be a good one. Um, I think, I don't know, we'll see what the weather holds out, but uh, I think it's going to look pretty good, at least on Memorial Day Monday. It'll be all right. So, um, but I'm not the weatherman, so don't hold me accountable. Talk to the news. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, I hope you all are in, uh, gearing up and ready for that. Uh, but this morning, let's let's have some time with the Lord, right? Uh, we're going to be in Deuteronomy 32 today. Deuteronomy 32. Um, you probably noticed already there's a little uh, number uh, mix up there. So today's Deuteronomy 32. Tomorrow should be Deuteronomy 33. We got one last chapter on Monday for Deuteronomy 34, and then we're heading into Joshua. And so, man, that's going to be a good one as well. So we're just trucking on through here. Um, let's get into this. We're going to be looking into some lyrics today um, because that's what Deuteronomy 32 primarily is composed of is this giant song of Moses. We ended in uh, 31 with the last verse of, so Moses recited this entire song publicly to the assembly of Israel, and then all of 32. Now we're going to look at this song uh, and see what um, God has for us today. So let's pray and let's got, dive into this uh, word and see what God has to teach us today. Lord, we just love you and we thank you. Uh, we come wanting to hear from you. We come wanting to understand what your word has for us. We come wanting to uh, learn and grow deeper in our relationship with you. Lord, we just we just come here today, this morning, uh, or wherever we're listening to this from. We're coming to be with you. Uh, so, Lord, we just pray for your presence right now. We pray for your spirit right now. We pray for um, your wisdom and your understanding, Lord. Uh, thank you for the grace that falls fresh on us this morning. Uh, Lord, we love you. Uh, I surrender myself to you. Uh, I pray that this uh, word is your word and not my own. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray. Amen and amen. All right. So let's get into it. Deuteronomy 32. Uh, it's a little long, uh, so I'm going to read it. But as I'm reading it, we'll go through and dissect it. Hopefully we'll get to the end uh, by the end of this. And so um, again, all right, this is a song. So we don't I, I, there's always a part where we get into the like different songs or even all the the psalms are written to be a song uh there's a level of i'm not um i'm not a song writer uh and but some of these i would love to have seen like the tempo and how uh it was a song originally i don't know it, it's always piqued my interest as to how would that have been a song versus just listening to or um, reading the words and seeing what 
um, what they're actually saying. My own curiosity. All right, verse one, listen, O heavens, and I will speak. Hear, O earth, the words that I say. Uh, let my teaching fall on you like rain. Let my speech settle like dew. Let my words fall like rain on tender grass, like gentle showers on young plants. I will proclaim the name of the Lord. How glorious is our God. He is the rock. His deeds are perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. He is a faithful God who does no wrong. How just and upright is he. You know, Moses is really starting out with, and, and we see like a lot of this in um, you know, almost like a format of, uh, to a form of prayer. As we first ultimately, before we get into it, let's proclaim, let's recognize who God really is in his majesty. Let's really understand who we're communicating with uh, and having a right image of, uh, of who God is. He's the creator of heavens and earth. Um, he is our rock. He is perfect. He is just and fair. He is a faithful God who does no wrong. How just and upright he is. Almost like setting this standard before he gets into it with everything he's about to say is like, look, if you have a problem with it too bad, you need to fix yourself because he is just and fair. He understands. He does no wrong. So if he does no wrong, then your thinking is wrong. Th that your ideas of what is right and wrong doesn't really matter because he's God and you're not. And it's almost like this level of we need to understand who we're talking to, who we're dealing with uh, first and foremost before we get into the rest of what Moses's song is really going to start saying, uh, which is not all as happy and as blissful as dew on the grass <laughs> uh, as we get into it, if you've read ahead. Um, but they have acted corruptly towards him. Ooh, okay, we already got into it right here. When they act so perversely, are they really his children? They are a deceitful and waste and twisted generation. Uh, is this the way you repay the Lord, you foolish and senseless people? Moses just hits it right off the bat right here. And that's what I'm saying is like they, they need to understand their stinking thinking is wrong in what they're doing. Uh, it's even to the point of being senseless. They have no real senses as to why they're doing what they're doing. You need to get your act straight. Isn't he your father who created you? He <clears throat> has he not made you and established you? Remember the days of long ago. Think about the generations past. Ask your father and he will inform you. Inquire of your elders and they will tell you. Where are those godly men and women that have had more years of experience in following the Lord than you? Where are those that have been through the trials but have done it within the relationship with Jesus? That have been there with God throughout the ups and the downs, the thick and the thins, the everything all in life that throws at us. 
and having that continual outlook of God is faithful. God is just. God does come around and restores that to those who love him. Where are those to help remind you that when you're in a tough time, it's going to be okay? This is a refining season for you. This is a learning season for you. This is a growing season for you. Uh, or, or this is just a rough time, but you will get through it because of the Lord, because that God is by your side. That God is there. God is our rock. He is our heavenly father that loves him and that loves all of us. And so there's this level of who are those godly people in your life that have more and deeper and longer experience that can tell you God is faithful. Don't lose faith. Don't lose heart. Don't lose that, uh, that love for him. Hold on to that. Who are those elders? And we have some great elders in our church that you can go to, you can talk to, and they will tell you the faithfulness of God through everything. Who are those people in your life? Again, as if you heard me praying yesterday in worship and prayer, it was don't be alone. Don't uh, go away. Don't think that when you're having a hard time, you can't talk to people. You need to know who are those people that are going to lift you up. Who are those people that are going to help you understand that God is still faithful even when bad things happen. God is still loving. God is still just. God is still for those that love him. God is still there for you regardless of the situation. Don't do it alone. Have those brothers and sisters in Christ that will lift you up. Verse 8, when the Most High as, uh, assigned lands to the nations, when he divided up the human race, he established the boundaries of the people according to the number in his heavenly court. For the people of Israel belong to the Lord. Jacob is his special possession. He found them in a desert land, in an empty, hollowing wasteland. He surrounded them and watched over them. He guarded them as he would guard his own eyes. He found them in a desert wasteland, in an empty and hollow wasteland. We have to see that what God is trying to say is, this is an unlikely story. This out of its own nature would probably not have happened. This came from Abraham, came from Jacob, came from Isaac, uh, that this nation was born, uh, came from them out of a place that had little to no resources. Out of a wasteland, out of an empty, hollowing wasteland. We see that normally we we have this idea that, well, if you were born and you live in a state of lacking, you're just going to be that way all the time. And, and there's and we love those underdog stories, right, where somebody was 
born in poverty and but they rose above it and they came out of it victorious and, and they made something better of themselves and that's what god is saying is that guess what that happens when i'm a part of your life you lack nothing you don't have it's not really a wasteland if i'm there with you if I'm there with you, it's not, is it really a wasteland? It is to everybody else looking from the outside in. But they don't know the relationship I have with my father. They don't know that uh, my provider is there with me and will give me manna, will give me whatever I need, whenever I need it. I'm not in a wasteland. I may be sitting in the desert but I have everything that I need because I have my God. I have my provider. I have the one that can give me food from nothing. And this is what he's saying is that his people came from a place where this was not to be expected. But when God is there, Anything can be expected. Anything. And my people have come up. He surrounded them and watched over them. He guarded them. He took care of them. He loved on them. He provided for them uh, as he would guard his own eyes. He's, again, <laughs> this overarching thing of watching your eyes, guarding your heart, guarding yourself. He guarded them just as much as he wants to even guard himself. Like he loves them so much. It's this like little subtle, hey, don't forget, you need to guard yourself. You need to guard your eyes. You need to guard, and uh, you need to have this level of care about that. Like, so verse 11, like an eagle that rose her chicks and hovers over her young. So he spread his wings to take them up and carried them safely on his pinions. The Lord alone guided them. They followed no foreign gods. He let them ride over the highlands and feast on the crops of the field. He nourished them with honey from the rock and olive oil from the stony ground. From unlikely places came the best. They didn't just provide them with food. He gave them honey from a rock and olive oil from a stony ground. Not only just nourish them, but nourish them well. That's what our God does. He fed them yogurt from the herd and milk from the flock together with the fat of lambs. He gave them choice rams from Bashan and goats together with the choicest wheat. You drank and <clears throat> you drank the finest wine made from the juice of grapes. We see that he, he gave you more than you ever could ask for. He gave you so much. He basically lavished you with uh, the banquet feast of kings. He just provided so much. But in verse 15, 
But Israel soon became fat and unruly. The people grew heavy, plump, and stuffed. They took the provision too far. They continued to just enjoy and enjoy and praised very, very little. They didn't continue to stop and think, wow, how good is our God? And so what happens is then they abandon the God who made them. They made light of the rock of their salvation. They made light of the rock of their salvation. This is what hurts so much. I want you to think about like what God has done for you in your life, what God has already pulled you through, pulled you out of, transformed you since the moment of salvation, what God has done for you because of what Jesus did on that cross. We should never take for granted our salvation. Ever. We can worry about all of the different theological debates. We can worry about all of these other things. But the, the, the thing that all comes to center, the thing that all is there, regardless of, you know, whether you're Calvinist or Arminian or whatever, the, the crazy just the things within the body of Christ, the fact that we are a body of Christ because of the salvation that Christ has given us with his work on the cross and resurrection on that third day, leaving a bloodstained cross in an empty tomb for us to have evidence that our God is alive. We should never take our salvation for granted they made light of the rock, Jesus Christ, of their salvation. Salvation is from cover to cover in this book. The whole book is about God's plan for salvation of humanity. Salvation is not a Christian thing. It is a Jewish thing that has been also brought for the Gentiles. It, salvation is from God. From the beginning. From the beginning. Don't take for granted your salvation. Don't make light of the rock of our faith. Don't make light of that. Everything that we're going to read that Moses gets into in his song you know how cheerful it really is but when you really get into it there's all of these nuggets of what he's saying and almost proclaiming is going to happen and being wary like not he doesn't want it to happen and he's telling them not to do this but as we read what he's saying we need to turn it around and say this is what we need not to do because god loves us so verse 16, they stirred up his jealousy by worshiping foreign gods. They provoked his fury with detestable deeds. They offered sacrifices to demons, which are not God, to gods they had not known before. <clears throat> to new gods only recently arrived, to gods their ancestors 
had never feared. I, man, I, to new gods only recently arrived. Are you kidding me? That means they made it up themselves. They made it up. It's new. What do you mean it's new? Just after all of creation, it's it, uh, God just comes out of nowhere. It's brand new. That's not a God. That's garbage. Last time I checked, a God should be much bigger, much always there, have, have preceded me, if anything. And yet, only recently arrived. He was new on the scene. Who's this God? No, it's garbage. And we see new uh, levels of different types of faith, new, well, there's just faith in humanity. There's faith in uh, rocks. There's faith in astrological signs. There's faith in plants or whatever it is. And it's, no, it's made up. You're worshiping what was created instead of the creator. To gods, their ancestors never feared. Verse 18, you neglected the rock who had fathered you. You forgot the God who had given you birth, who breathed life into Adam and made him out of dust. Basically, it is this is how the feeling is. If any parents out there Imagine your child just straight up abandoning you and, and quite literally publicly saying, you're not my dad anymore. You're not my mom anymore. I'm going to go somewhere else. And that crushing feeling as a parent, that crushing feeling because you love them so much and they abandon you. That's what God feels when we don't put him first, when we abandon him and worship something else, some thing that was created, some whatever else, we've abandoned our father. And so verse 19, the Lord saw this and drew back. Notice the step action here, that he didn't draw back because he saw it coming. He drew back because they did it first. We, as people, as humans, as even just Israel specifically, as uh, just to put it in the right context of this time, right? Israel draws back, is worshiping other gods, and then God goes, I guess they don't love me anymore. And is provoked to anger. How dare you cannot love me? How dare you not follow your father who made you? How dare you? Provoked to anger by his own sons and daughters. Verse 19. Verse 20. He said, I will abandon them. Then see what becomes of them. For they are a twisted generation. Children without integrity. 
this is the new living translation and i i just i felt like that was huge right there the loss of integrity the loss of integrity that's that's such a it's a word that we don't even hear that often anymore it's a value that is just being lost even more and more rapidly children without integrity and but i hear this word even more so is twisted and we're getting ideas and understanding and confusion. We're we're twisting things and calling it right. This is all to hits at home, literally, with what is going on anytime you turn on the news or look on social media for more than two minutes. Is the word twisted or the idea of being twisted comes to mind like that. But the word of having integrity is lost more and more. So much more that people even ask, what does integrity mean? Because they don't even know or even, even heard of it anymore. We've lost this idea of having values and morals and integrity. And we've become more twisted. They have roused my jealousy by worshiping things that are not God, that they worship. This is not in, in the scripture, but they worship rocks. They worship money. They worship self. They worship sex. They worship uh, having having money to do experiences or go different places or whatever. Like everything is about them. It's this self-serving um Whatever makes me feel good, but yet does not give me judgment. It's easy to worship a rock because it'll, quote unquote, give you energy, but it doesn't tell you when you're wrong. It doesn't tell you when you're messing up. It doesn't tell you when you're out of line. It doesn't tell you when you've lost integrity. It doesn't tell you that you need to not make that choice. He or she is a dumb idea in your life. Uh, this is not a good habit. This is something you need to step away from. Those are people you shouldn't be hanging out with. Those are actions you shouldn't be actually believing in. These are th things. No, the rocks don't do that, but they look pretty on my shelf. And I think they give me energy, but really it's the Red Bull that I keep in my fridge. Or it's the money that I crave so I can do things and have things and look good on Instagram. Or it's the self. I have to care about myself. It's all about me. I don't care about anybody else. Doesn't matter, whatever. Doesn't matter any of this. It's about me. And how dare you say anything, do anything that hurts me, that bothers me. Tell me I'm wrong. I'll just tell you I'm triggered. And now you're wrong. Or it's all about what is worth to me it's worth it's it's all about i need sex i need money i need food i need whatever it's about me and you can't tell me i'm wrong and if you do you're wrong and you need to be canceled they have aroused my jealousy by worshiping things that are not god they have provoked my anger with their useless 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 idols now, 
I will rouse their jealousy through people who are not even a people. I will provoke their anger through the foolish Gentiles. For my anger blazes forth like fire and burns into the depths of the grave. It devours the earth and all its crops and ignites the foundations of the mountains. I will heap disasters upon them and shoot them down with my arrows. I will (coughs) weaken them with famine, burning uh, fever and deadly disease. I will send the fangs of wild beasts and poisonous snakes that glide in the dust. Outside, the sword will bring death, and inside, terror will strike. Both young men and women, both infants and the aged, I <clears throat> would have annihilated them, wiping out even the memory of them. But I feared the taunt of Israel's enemies who might misunderstand and say, Oh, our powerful as oh our power has triumphed the lord has nothing to do with this but israel is a senseless nation the people are foolish without understanding we see that it's without understanding they lose the understanding they lose the vision they lose the understanding they lose what is being uh why we do what we do why we worship god we lose the understanding. It's the same thing as uh, where there is no vision, the people run wild. And it's something that we have to remind ourselves over and over. This is why we come in community to church. This is why we come and do soap in the morning. This is why we have the body of Christ to help hold each other up, to maintain the vision, to maintain the understanding, to maintain the hope in Jesus Christ that we hold dear, maintain the faith that we have in our Savior, Jesus. We have to maintain that idea. Yes. Oh, oh, I'm getting tired. I'm getting what? No, you're tired of work. You're tired of all these other things. You're tired of like life beating you up. And this is what happens is that too often life beats us up. And then we want to pull back somewhere to feel safe, to feel comforted, to feel whatever. And then guess what? Unfortunately, the easiest and quickest place to pull back is church or fellowship with church. And then guess what? We lose the vision. We lose the understanding. And then people fall into bad habits, fall back into ways and practices that they shouldn't have done because they lose the vision. They lose the community. They lose that that is holding them on, the part that's actually keeping them going, they lose it, but they find it, that that is the part that's, that it's just easiest to put aside. Because I got to worry about my money, I got to worry about my job, I got to worry about all these other things that on a surface level look more important. But in all reality, what I've done is I've lost my understanding of who my God is. And how important he is in my life. And then I go and do foolish things. When we lose the understanding of how important God is in our lives, in our daily walk, in our daily actions, and just just going to work, just going to ShopRite to buy bread. Like, I mean, you need Jesus just to go to Walmart. That's what we're saying. You need Jesus just to do anything. You need Jesus in your life for all of it. You need Jesus just to look at social media or you'll lose your mind. You need Jesus to like, 
be a part of everything and every breath you have and the body of Christ to keep holding you up and building you up and keeping that understanding of what's going on. Because without it, that's where we lose. I, oh, I'm telling you, we've all seen it. Somebody says, oh, I'm taking a break. I'm walking away. I'm going somewhere else. And guess what? In a month's time, we see them on social media doing something foolish that you're just like, you would have never done that if you didn't walk out of the body of Christ, if you didn't step away from all the people that hold and want to make you uh, endearing and loving and be a part of what's going on, that we see this happening over and over, that the easiest place to step away from is the one thing in the one area and the one people and body of people that want to hold you up and hold you accountable and keep you going on the uh, straight and narrow. But what we do is we say, oh, well, I'll just drop this part off so I can handle all these other things I think are more important. But really, we need to understand that our God is more important, that Jesus is more important, that his faith and his salvation is more important, that eternity with him is more important than this split second of hardship in our lives. Maintain the understanding and you won't be a fool. If you take these words and go backwards with it, you'll see the order in which this happens. Maintain your understanding and you won't be foolish, but you are foolish when you go without understanding. Oh, that they were wise and could understand this. Oh, that they might know their fate. How could one person chase a thousand of them and two pe uh, people put 10,000 to flight unless the rock had sold them, unless the Lord had given them up? But the rock of our enemies is not like our rock. As even they recognize, their vine grows from the vine of Sodom. From the vineyards of Gomorrah, their grapes are poison and their clusters are bitter. Their wine is the venom of serpents, the deadly poison of cobras. The Lord says, I am not storing up these things, sealing them away in my treasury. I will take revenge. I will pay them back. In due time, their feet will slip. Their day of disaster will rise and their destiny will overtake them. Indeed, the Lord will give justice to his people, and he will charge and change his mind about his servants when he sees their strength is gone and no one is left slave or free. The Lord will give justice to his people, and he will change his mind about his servants. We see that what God is ultimately doing. And he does this with the nation of Israel for 40 years wandering in the desert before going into the promised land is that, guess what? There, there's a level of judgment. There's a level of uh, being a proper judge and saying, nope, I gotta, I gotta do some cleansing. I gotta get rid, I gotta get rid of this and bring up a new generation to, to, I gotta build them up. Now, it may sound strict to us as we get into, let me read on and get going because we are running, we've run out of time actually, but um, then he will ask, where are their gods and the rocks that they fled for refuge? 
Where are those? And here, where are those fake gods? The rocks they fled to for refuge. Where are they? Where are now those gods who ate the fat of their sacrifices and drank the wine of their offerings? Which they would take some of the similarities of what they knew to do certain things and do the same thing to other gods. But how twisted and wicked that is to do what we should be doing for God, but we're doing it in a different way. We're we're. It's offensive to them. Let those gods arise and help you. Let them provide for you with shelter. Let that little crystal on there help you out with your finances. Good good luck with that. Now look, I myself am he. There is no other God but me. I am the one who kills and gives life. I am the one who wounds and heals. I, no one can be rescued from my powerful hand. Now I rise my hand to heaven and declare, as surely as I live, when I sharpen my <clears throat> flashing sword and begin to carry out justice, I will take revenge on my enemies and repay those who reject me. I will make my arrows drunk with blood and my sword will devour flesh, the blood of the slaughtered and the captives and the heads of the enemy leaders. Rejoice with him you heavens and let all of god's angels worship him rejoice with his people you gentiles and let all the angels be uh, strengthened in him we see that he's even saying gentiles come in and praise his name understanding that the heart of god for all of time is actually all of humanity want us to understand that that sometimes they go oh god only cared about israel here no israel was meant to be the light on top of the hill for all the other nations to come back to god like that was the whole purpose of israel to be this giant evangelistic force to bring people back to god all people all humanity all of the world they didn't really do that But that was the whole main purpose. I'm going to make these people really awesome and be attractive and have them be uh, bring in everybody else. They were supposed to be a light to all the other nations. For he will avenge the blood of his children and he will take revenge against the enemies. He will repay those who hate him and cleanse his people's land. So Moses came to Joshua, son of Nun, and recited all the words of this song to the people. When Moses had finished reciting all these words to the people of Israel, he added, Take to heart all the words of warning I have <clears throat> given you today. Pass them on as a command to your children so that you will obey every word of these instructions. These instructions are not empty words. They are your life. By obeying them, you will enjoy a long life in the land you will occupy when you cross the, the Jordan River. Here's the last part is Moses' death. That in the same day, the Lord said to Moses, go to Moab, to the mountains east of the river and climb Mount Nebo, which is across from Jericho. Look out across the land of Canaan, the land I am giving to the people of Israel as their own special possession. Then you will die there on the mountain. You will join your ancestors just as Aaron, your brother, died on Mount Hor and uh, joined his ancestors. For both of you betrayed me with the Israelites at the waters of Meribah at Kadesh in the wilderness of Zen. 
you fail to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel uh, there. So you will see the land from a distance, but you may not enter the land I'm giving to the people of Israel. Last point is don't get bitter. We see that, that Moses is, and yeah, there's kind of a level like, guess what? My fleshly side goes, ooh, that's a harsh punishment. After all that Moses did for you, he doesn't get to go into the promised land, not even like a day or two, you know, like nothing. Like my man gets to look over on the mountains and that's it. And then he's going to die right there because of striking the rock out of anger one time. We see that one, it's mainly what it is, is, is higher levels of responsibility have much higher level of, you know, uh, levels of accountability, if you will, right? We, we have the highest level of office in our nation. We should be having higher levels of accountability, higher levels of uh, expectation of who you are, how you act, uh, how you do all that kind of stuff, right? That's, that's you know, we see that. That's normal. God even does basically the same thing. However, here, what's happening is he's saying that, look, you took your anger out on the wrong place. You were angry at the people. You were frustrated with the people. Over and over and over, they kept questioning your authority as Moses. They kept questioning uh, your calling that I, God, have given to you, uh, Moses. You kept getting frustrated with the people. So in, in an act of frustration, you struck the rock instead of uh, not doing that. Instead of you're just supposed to be there and go, hey, water come forth. And then boom, it was supposed to happen. But you had to hit the rock and you had to get and take your frustration out. You put it in the wrong place. Why are you striking me when people are the ones doing you wrong? When people are the ones messing things up? This, is, this goes perfectly with our set right now, talking about messy life and messy church. Like, why are you upset with people and then you take it out on somebody else or you take it out on God? I don't believe in God anymore because of people. Well, people are the ones that messed up. If anything, that's where your anger belongs. Don't get mad at God for people's decisions and people's failures. Place it in the right place. But ultimately, don't lose your salvation and don't, don't take it for granted. That's the whole thing that holds this all dear. That's the whole thing that holds everything together for us is what Jesus did on that cross. And so, yeah, it was a harsh word. It's kind of a... Um, it's an interesting song, Moses. It's definitely an interesting song, but it teaches us a lot. It centered us back on to God. And so may we just go forth and remind ourselves that God is there for whatever is going on in your life. God hasn't left you. He loves you. Press into him, pray to him, and go to those that those that lift you up and keep pointing you back to Jesus. Let's pray and let's have a great Thursday. Lord, sometimes your word is hard to hear. Sometimes your word is uh, convicting. Sometimes your word is um, 
It's it's tough, but you are a just God. You are a God that does no wrong. You are you are right. And and we need to just adjust and renew our minds to your word. We need to renew ourselves and understand your point of view and your ways, because you are God. You are our creator. Uh, you are the maker of heavens and earth. So, Lord, we just love you and we thank you. Lord, forgive us in, in our own stinking thinking. Forgive us in our frustrations that maybe we misplace and put it on you, and it's actually towards somebody else. Lord, we just we just pray that we we receive wisdom from you, that we receive correction from you, that we receive grace and mercy, though, also from you. We love you and we thank you all because of your son, Jesus. Amen and amen. Have a great Thursday. I know that ran quite a bit long, but um, I hope you all enjoyed it. Take care. God bless and see you all next time.